you're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. Hey, welcome everybody. Uh, this is exciting. Uh, it's the hundredth, officially the one hundredth episode of the uh, podcast, uh, the Fearless Business Podcast, I should say as well. I probably should have got some poppers and streamers, and we should have had little party hats on Jess and Jess uh, like an actual Zoom background or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, uh, but no, we, no, there's no, there's, there's no great kind of fanfare or anything like that. It's just, it's just a hundred episodes of the podcast, isn't it? So uh, we're going to be keeping an eye on the chat as well so if you do have any comments if you want to celebrate with us if you're an avid listener of the podcast or if you just want to put some spurious comment in there and talk about my choice of clothes or i don't know my back i don't whatever just chuck some stuff in the comment comments let's know that you're listening in uh so today on the podcast we're actually going to be um uh, flipping this episode on its head uh, by that, what I mean is um, we are going to be, uh, well, I'm going to be interviewed for a change rather than me doing the actual interviewing itself, which is rather exciting. So um, so I guess I'm going to hand over the reins uh, to you, Jess. So hello, I'm Jess, I'm Robert's head of content. I'm normally on the other side of things. I'm normally behind the podcast and stuff like that. So it feels a bit weird today to just sort of sit here and be the interviewer rather than the person that does everything behind the scenes. <laughs> we sort of swap the roles, really. <laughs> That's it, absolutely. So um, well, I, we far away. I mean, we've we've talked about some questions, you know, so there's some things that we were going to discuss today. So talk to me. Just, I tell you what, you talk, you give your, I tell you, I want to hear your interpretation of, because you came in partway through. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what episode, um, like two thirds of the way through us actually getting to this point. I think it was a bit after, is it Rami, Remy? Um, Ravi, yeah. Ravi, Ravi Boovler, yeah. Yeah, came after him. I remember sorting out the blog as one of my first jobs. Yeah. <laughs> so I want, just very quickly, because I need to go and turn my, my main lights off because it's making the camera flicker a bit, which is great when you're live. Um, but just give, give, give the viewers a quick, um, like, talk. let's talk about your experience, actually. I'm going to turn the camera on you for uh, the spotlight on you for a second no pressure what, what's your experience of producing the podcast first and foremost and then we'll go back to you interviewing me so I guess I was kind of chucked into the deep end because I've never produced a podcast before I've got a couple of friends that have done them here and there but I've never like you know dipped my fingers in any of that sort of thing but I guess I don't know I thought it was going to be a lot more difficult than it actually was like embedding uh, the podcast onto the blog and stuff like that I thought like it was all this sort of like sciencey sort of thing that I need some sort of coding software that I need to know how to edit and stuff like that when actually it is it is fairly easy but in the same sort of breath it's not like not everyone can do it and not everyone should do it if that makes sense but I think walking into a podcast that is quite like well produced and stuff like that I think I sort of hit the ground running I think I sort of had more of an easy path rather than someone that was like 
if I came to you at the beginning and sort of launched the podcast with you, I think I would have struggled a bit more because I didn't know. But actually, it's just been so much fun. Like, it's sort of a simultaneous learning experience for me. Like, whilst these guests come on and I sort of sort out the blog and I do the podcast and stuff like that, like, I, it's like getting a business degree myself. Like, I learn about business all the time. I can literally go to my friends now and go give them business advice. I shouldn't, but I can <laughs> with the stuff that I listen to, which is great. <laughs> So what I heard there was actually a compliment, Jess, I think, because you walked through a <laughs> podcast that is, is relatively yeah. well, well produced. It has systems and processes in place yeah. when you joined us. Obviously, right at the start, we didn't have any of those systems or processes in place. And naively, I think like a lot of people when they're first starting out producing a podcast, they think, oh, well, it's easy. You just hit record on your phone and upload it to anchor.fm. And and like there's it's no trouble at all. And um, actually, I think they, they worked out the average number of episodes that podcasters actually managed to um to publish is just seven episodes because and I'll, I'll be honest i got seven episodes in and i was like wow this, this is a lot of work this this is this is if i actually want this to work for me in terms of producing leads raising my profile and uh you know doing doing a good job of kind of not it not just being out there on itunes but across all of the other channels media channels uh I realized there was a lot more to it than just kind of hitting record and, and publishing on iTunes. Yeah. I think like, especially for all of this, like what the one thing that we've always come back to is like, we've got to make sure that it's not just an ego thing that like sort of realigning like our intentions with it and stuff like that. Like if you go in and making the podcast just because you like the sound of your own voice, actually you're probably not the best person for a podcast because you tend to take over the conversation. You're not a good listener and stuff like that. So I think we sort of come back to the basics of why we are doing it in the first place, as well as like monetary purposes, because most of the time you don't get money immediately anyway. And you sort of have to keep that motivation throughout. <laughs> yeah. And I, I suppose um, like one of the good places to start is actually probably maybe we should talk about some of the mistakes I made at the start, because you weren't party to those. <laughs> no. uh, albeit you've been a, you have been a party to me kind of tearing my hair out at various points during the process since you, since you joined it. I mean, obviously, I'm an amazing person to work for, Jess, aren't I? But <laughs> yeah. There is also, when you're, when you're running a busy business, you, you know, with somebody like me, and I'm, I can get quite highly strung when it, things get a little bit too much. But so some of the mistakes that I made to start off with, um, well, the, fir the first one was um, I, I, I not planning properly. So I kind of came up with the topics like off the hoof and talked for a bit and actually they came out okay. But um, I, I then realized that actually, there's, again, to make the episode unique and give it a bit of flavor and a bit of character, um, that sort of ad hocness to it wasn't going to work. Yeah. So um, w there is now a little bit more kind of thought which goes into the planning processes, which we'll come on to a bit later on. And so I thought, well, an, an easy way to, to create content for a podcast was to have guests come in. So all I've got to do then is sit there and make them look good. I've got to ask decent, you know, good quality questions that's going to draw out some really great information, drop value bombs for my audience. And, hey, you know, it, it makes the brand sort of stand out and look good. But why was it a mistake doing that? So one of the issues which I've discovered since, uh, you know, and probably about two thirds, well, more than two thirds of our episodes are guest interviews. And uh, there's all sorts of stuff which started to crop up around this. So first of all, naturally, the spotlight is then on the guests. And so what I found was that rather than people migrating towards fearless business as a brand and using it as an opportunity, and I wasn't 
I was kind of fairly self-effacing with the whole thing. And I chose not to like overly, like overly promote fearless business when I had a guest episode on. And actually I probably could have done more so to, to bring fearless business into it and to get, you know, almost be a sponsor of my own podcast. And I think that's one of the first things that I would change with guest interviews is like, do the, do the interview and then have like a, an ad break in the middle which is like hey if you want to know more, more about fearless business yeah um you know so that's something for the, possibly for the future but yeah the guest episodes ended up like really heavily promoting the guests and not really raising the profile well enough for fearless business so commercially that was a bit of harry carry and i wish i'd realized that sort of sooner sooner rather than sort of later alongside that and this this was one of the um uh, the hardest sort of moments of realization, and this is Jess, you actually helped me with this. Yeah. So this is where we get into like the, how do we choose the guests that we were bringing into the show? Because I remember one of the first questions you asked me, what, what, what was it? Oh, we sat, we sat on that morning call and, um, it was whilst you booked to do Entrepreneurs on Fire. And, um, at the time we were having a lot of issues with guests coming on and, um, a lot of it was just purely for promotional purposes. And I think the main thing that you need to look for when a guest applies to your show or when you're going to look for a guest is that they purely don't just come on just to promote their book. They want to you know, see if they bring value, see if they bring like a lesson or something like that. Like not just, you know, oh, yeah, I've released a new book on Monday. It's coming out Monday. You want them to talk about marketing or how, you know, they can grow your business and stuff like that. And most of the time when we had guests like that coming on, um, they wouldn't do the after publicity for us. So it's like, okay, we've scratched your back. You've come onto our podcast for free and stuff like that. And we've given you this massive marketing pack and we've spent our money on those resources as well. But you're not giving us any value back. You're not publicizing us on your Instagram or any of your social medias and stuff like that. And it's sort of, I don't know, in a way it sort of came across like a disrespect. So I sort of turned to Robin one day and I was like, look, we need to probably start vetting the guests because as much as you're having guests on, it's creating content. It's not creating valuable content. It's just creating basically an advert. Um, and yeah, but we need to maybe start monetizing it. I'm not too sure. We're, we're sort of in the process of that at the moment. But for sure, just seeing like, even if we can't get a guest to pay, seeing what their exposure is like on Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn and seeing what their network is like to see if it's valuable for us to sort of get that publicity out there. And also whether the guests will do that in return for us. And actually, once we started doing that vetting process, we sort of started to create better quality content anyway, because these people were really wanting to come onto the podcast, regardless of whether they promote their book and stuff like that. So, Yeah, and it, and it also helped, helped me to realise as well that, that, you know, I have a great community of business owners, business leaders, entrepreneurs around me who I already know. And yeah. I actually don't mind helping to promote them because they, they do promote me back naturally. Yeah. They, they also seem to be much more inclined to share stuff, because, again, because they know me. So this was the difference then between like choosing guests who I'd never met before, I didn't have the relationship with and people I actually knew. Yeah. Um, and don't, don't get me wrong, there's been some amazing guests who I haven't met before who've been fantastic at yeah. sort of promoting the show, which has been great, their episode. But some, it's been absolute crickets. And yeah. we're not we're not going to name names today. I'm sure people would love to call people out. But we're not, not going to name names today, but You know who you are. Yeah, publicity then. Like, we'll get a bit of a, <laughs> yeah. cause some controversy. Any publicity is good publicity, right? Like, well, yeah, yeah. But it's also, it's, it's not fair. So we won't do that. But, however, that, that being said, um, you know, we... we 
we like people may think as well like one of the biggest mistakes is they assume that like producing a podcast is free right so again when i first started out you download anchor.fm you could record it into your phone and you push the episode up and it's onto itunes and where you go and i know some people who've done that really successfully but i would suggest the ones who've been able to garner success that way it's been more through luck than judgment Okay, so just for whatever reason, it triggers the algorithm. They do well in the charts. They get lots of downloads and away they go. It's like, it happens to like one in 10 people. For the rest of us mere mortal human beings, like you have to be leveraging other channels. So with Jess's help, we've done a lot more work on, for example, making sure that we include the episode in a blog, that we uh, it, we cut, slice the episodes up and we upload two or three or four videos up onto YouTube. Um, so they're all optimized pieces of content. We make, you know, so we, we make sure that we share that information on, albeit I wasn't doing it very particularly well at all, at all before Jess came along, but on Instagram and things like that as well. So each episode has this marketing pack that Jess mentioned that we then used to promote the episode we used to promote the guest and um, when we have them on in the future and we'll be talking about the future of the podcast a bit later on but it'll be used to promote fearless business and my my profile take an ego out the side of it i've got to be commercial about it but one of the one of the things is it's like the cost to produce it now jess did you realize how much it would have cost to produce a podcast before you started working for fearless no because i think a lot of my friends that do podcasts, they literally, it's the same sort of thing. Like they buy a microphone and stuff like that. And then they all edit it themselves. They don't have any, but then they do it as a hobby. They don't do it as like a sort of a, a lead generator or like a business investment or like a promotion investment. They do it because they're passionate about something, which you are. But in the same breath, like you, you, you have a secondary purpose towards that. But I honestly, I can't like there's just so much that goes into it. Like I do half of the job. Like if you think about it, cause you pass it on to like James, a sound editor and stuff like that. And sometimes we get Eden, our video editor and stuff like that. And even then, like it's a lot of work for me and you're also paying me and I'm your content manager. And then you're paying James, your sound editor and you're paying Eden. And then we had Megan that did the blogs as well. Like I didn't realize like how much you have to invest in multiple resources so it doesn't affect like your own life and it doesn't take over and that you're not actually like wasting your own time as well, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. Because I think as much this as- This is the thing. It, this is the yeah. thing. Like, you mentioned, I, I, I didn't even, when I, when I, when we chose this question to talk about today, I didn't even consider Kit, right? Yeah. That, that microphone alone, this is <laughs> the road podcast, a professional microphone, 200 quid. Yeah. Right? Plus, then I've got my DSLR, which that's another thousand pounds. Plus, I've got you know for the video the light ring, that's another hundred and fifty quid. Plus, 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 and all these things keep on adding up. So the, the kit alone to to do to do a well, this is more of a video podcast. It's not just an yeah. audio only. We do the video as well. Um, so that's enough. Then you have got the software costs on top of that, and those are subscriptions that ranges up to sort of low hundreds of pounds. James, it costs about a fifty pound an episode to get the editor, the the, um, the audio edited. Eden is about thirty or forty pounds a video, isn't it, to get her to do her piece of like cutting up the snippets. Plus your fees, plus plus plus. It just keeps on like mounting up. So I think I worked out per episode. Uh, you know, it was costing in excess of two hundred and fifty pounds an episode. You know, to, <laughs> so I, did, you, I just you, found that out now. I didn't even know that. Now. Yeah, right. So. 
So you you think we're on the hundredth episode here? How many guest interviews have done, and all the videos that have gone up there? I mean, thousands. It's cost thousands and thousands of pounds to produce this podcast over the last couple of years, and it and it adds it it mounts up. And I'm scratching my head, going, "Where's all my marketing budget gone? This is just nuts." Well, it's gone into the podcast, hopefully to produce great quality content that people can lean into and, and enjoy and listen to. Yeah, hopefully we um, it. <laughs> but like I said, there's a bandwidth here. You can you can go way overproduced, like I like to do, and I yeah. call it doing it properly but some people may call it overdoing it slightly uh, at the other end of the spectrum you can do it for free but it, you're going to you're going to lose audio quality you're not going to get all of the extra assets there and more importantly it's going to take up an awful lot of your time so before i hired james before i hired jess before i hired ian eden to do all of these different like roles within the podcast production guess who was doing it all me muggins so i was you know mrs way is getting now really annoyed with me because i come out at 10 o'clock at night to go and finish up editing a couple of podcast episodes you know which would take me two three four five hours you know and then to publish it and promote it and the rest of it it was just it was it's crazy like when when you get to this level yeah and i mean you had a background as well in like you know marketing and web design and stuff like that so you could get to the grips with this editing software quite easily but for someone that's like a novice that has never like edited like sound design or anything like that before i'm sure it would take like twice as longer than like four, four or five hours because it was probably taking like 10 hours right to like just edit a podcast so that's and that's like will you tell us how long does it take now to take a, a for, let's take a guest episode how long does it yeah. actually take to well one we've got the recording time so that's an hour of my time and to get all the kit set up and a bit of admin to organize it and stuff but then I do the handover to the team how long does it actually take I mean um for James I think James is very skilled it takes him I think about a turnaround of two days um typically I'd say that's like sort of an average um once he's got like a couple of podcasts but for me when I edit the videos and stuff like that or for Eden and stuff I think I guess it depends on time but if I was to dedicate some time and stuff like that but also I've got like a film degree and stuff like that I've got like editing on the back pedal and stuff that takes me about I'd say about four hours from going to an episode sort of finding the highlights from that and dictating sort of what works from that episode and what we can publish onto our YouTube channel, onto our social medias and what will, you know, generate views. Yeah. It's about, I'd say about like a four hour process, but I'd say it would be twice as long for someone that wasn't like, like knows the software properly, if that makes sense. That's it. And Um, plus then there's the time to promote it, schedule the content onto Instagram and write the blog article up. Like there's all these little tasks as well. And I think um, actually, well, Chris Ward mentions it in our episode this Friday. (laughs) Subscribe. Um, But she says that actually like, it's always like these little tasks that end up taking up like so much more of like your work calendar and stuff. And actually, you know, in a nine hour work day, four hours are spent doing like, you know, little tasks and they do build up. But if you were working and then doing a podcast, cast alongside it like where do you have in your personal day to like have that time for yourself if that makes sense like well that's it I mean for me it's it's um like I I I set up a coaching practice to coach not to be a podcast producer and (laughs) yeah and so my my job as a coach isn't it's it's in part coaching there's in part sales because I'm doing consultations with clients and things like that like potential clients um so that takes up time speaking engagements guesting on other podcasts so there's there's things which are uh, there's, there's an author called Perry Marshall who breaks it down and he says there's $10 an hour tasks, $100 an hour tasks and $1,000 an hour tasks. And as the business owner of a six-figure coaching practice, I, you know, I'm responsible for 
like the whole shebang, but I should be spending at least at least one hour a day working on $1,000 an hour tasks. And by that, he means like, if you're the owner of the business and you're good at business development and sales, and you know that for every call which you sit with a prospect is worth, you know, $1,000 plus, take that role and responsibility and delegate everything else. Yeah. And then you can focus your time then on the thing which you're actually good at. And yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, I, I, it, was ended, it ended up being that I was doing doing my coaching job during the day and then doing all of these other marketing activities and podcast production stuff at night, you know, when I should have really been spending more time with the family and resting and preparing myself so I could be top of my game when it came to the coaching side of things. So that I I would say the money, the money's like, it's ethereal. It's a thing like that. I don't mind paying to have it done, but the the time it was and the energy it was taking to record the episodes was, um, it was just starting to take its toll yeah and that that's where as well so um uh one of the things we were going to chat about as well was um like because with the guest episodes how do how do we actually like start to define like whether it was worthwhile having guests on the show or not which I know we kind of touched on earlier yeah I think definitely when um so typically when a guest applies they come with like a profile and what they want to talk about and um what we do look out for is that whether they have like sort of like samey content so um you know we do get a lot about marketing and stuff like that but we need to make sure like it's relevant towards our audience and whether they you know they would want to listen to something like that we have to put ourselves in the audience's shoes for once but we also need to like look look at like the download statistics what works well what doesn't and stuff like that but actually i think you know in the same breath we were saying earlier through our vetting process yes we can be quite strict but also sometimes we can be like there's been times where we've been like oh you know what i don't think this guest is going to be that great a guest and they end up being like one of the most like amazing guests to ever come on the podcast so i think like whether you're applying for a podcast or you're looking through someone's profile like especially like one of my biggest tips for like looking up a guest is seeing like going and looking on other podcasts they may have guested on um and just seeing like whether their energy will work for your podcast or not um because typically you can't really read anything from just you know a pdf document just being like oh hi (laughs) feature me on your podcast and stuff like that um but yeah like there has been like times where i've been like oh nah you know what don't really want to go with this guest and they've actually like sort of blown us out the water really we've been just sat there they just sort of take over the whole episode and give us like amazing amounts of content well we're, we're turning we're actually turning away so we get quite a lot of applications to come onto the podcast and we're turning away i'd say probably nine out of ten applicants now because yeah. well one that you talked about the stats actually and i think this is something which a lot of people podcasts podcasters don't actually pay attention to is the stats yeah. like which, which episodes really stand out in your listeners in your listeners ears that's about to say your listeners eyes that doesn't really work but with you know um and what we've discovered is it's not massively different but um and again this is like taking ego aside i think most people who, who know me know that i'm not a very ego driven sort of person yeah. but it was the episodes where it was just me that got more downloads you know and people yeah. stayed for longer because they tuned into the podcast to get my to hear my take on business and and life and and so you know one of the things that we're going to be doing in the future is going to be sort of spending more time focused on fearless business specific episodes whether that's me or the other coaches in fearless business but where we've got 
content that is specifically delivered around our core pillars. But there were times, I'll be honest, you know, and this is this is one of the downsides of doing guest interviews. So I, I when I knew somebody, uh, you know, we had we've had some great like you know couple of YouTube celebrities on the podcast recently. Got people who we've been able to refer business, you know, tons back and forth between me and and the other person. But there's been times when it's come to like the day of the recording and I back to back will we'll batch like three or four episodes all back to back. And I'm like, oh, God, I really just don't want to record today. And that's been the hardest, I guess, like the low point for me in terms of like getting to 100 episodes, those times when. And again, I'm not going to name names and it's no, no, you know, no negative reflection on them. It's not their fault. It's just that. I found it really hard to get excited sometimes about like recording episodes when I didn't know the people. And it's, it would kind of I got to a point where it's kind of doing them a bit of a, an injustice because they're great people. They've got loads of great content, but I just wasn't fired up about it. And it's literally on the morning of the interview and I'm saying, Oh, Jess, really do I have to do this? And you're like, no, come on. It's just an hour. Be <laughs> yourself up. And you had to like yeah. really push me to, and that accountability was actually super helpful, especially in the latter part of it. But I'll be honest, it did get to like episode 63 and I was honestly thinking, you know, should I just can this damn thing? It was like so much time, so much money, so much effort. I was starting to get a bit disenfranchised by some of the guests that we were having having on. I, yeah. like for me, business, running a fearless business is about having fun. Yeah. Like every aspect of your business should be fun. You shouldn't do stuff that you're not looking forward to in your business. And there was, I'll be honest, there's a couple of days I was just really not looking forward to doing the podcast. Um, and I, I'm sharing this because I think sometimes you need to know what you're getting yourself into so that you can kind of go through those dips on like on my journey and know what I did to then pull myself out of it. And all it was was just like so there was a couple of things which like which were like really pivotal that happened around episode sort of 60. 63-ish. Yeah. When I, when I hired somebody to help me out, Jess, okay, so, um, and he kicks my ass, so, and tells me to, like, pull up my big girl pants and all that sort of shit, just yeah. to kind of, like, move, <laughs> move things along. Um, Much the, second thing, <laughs> the second thing, which was really interesting, so, I it, I got to episode 63 and, and it wasn't until episode 63 where I thought, why am I doing this? Now, that's a question I should have asked myself on episode one, not 63 episodes in. Yeah. And that's where, you know, we talked about earlier on about being more commercial about it. But then I was like, right, I need to look back. Have I made money? Have I made my money back? Has this actually been worth it? Okay, to get to this point, because otherwise, if it's not, I'll just if the evidence isn't there, I'll sack it off. I'll move on to something else like marketing wise. Cause there's a million and one different things we could do. And, um, uh, so I look back and yes, it's produced the odd client. Okay. So, um, so that's fine. So ROI wise, we've made our money back in terms of enrollments into the fearless business accelerator, which has been fantastic. And we've got some great clients that way. It's a great way to build rapport, but, excuse me, I didn't realize there was a couple of little Brucey bonuses that we'd actually got very early on in the podcast that I hadn't paid really any attention to. So in the space of one week, around about episode 63, I got two phone calls, okay? The first one was from a big uh, um, tech brand. Some of you may have heard of the Microsoft. And I ended up speaking at the Google partner, com uh, uh, sorry, it was the, um, uh, the, the uh, sorry, the, um, Microsoft uh, Global Excel Summit, okay? So it was for a whole amazing group of like Excel um, 
uh, nerds, basically. And I'm a numbers guy. So it's kind of like, this is my crowd. This is amazing. So they booked me to speak at their conference, which was fab. And that was very well paid for what it was. Um, you know, a few hours worth of speaking, which I can, I can do easily. And then, um, the second one was an international pharmaceutical brand who'd listened to episode number three or the CEO of the region had listened to episode number three and booked me to speak at their, their annual conference on growth mindset, which is actually a topic outside of my sort of real niche area of expertise but it's something which i'm familiar with because i have to coach on it um, from time to time and those those two speaking engagements alone paid for everything that i put into the podcast up until that point financially plus we had then the clients who we've enrolled as a brucey bonus and i was like ah and it's not about the money but it just then you're kind of like okay so we're in credit we're not in debt here to this podcast we're actually now in credit and whilst it's been a lot of work there's been some real fun times through it there's been a couple of dips as well during that process but actually it was worth it yeah you know we got an ROI on the podcast and that gave me the energy to kind of like right we need to push forward with this and again being a bit of a um uh I was about to use a really awful word there but being a numbered guy and a bit pedantic like a hundred episodes is like a big deal so what you see here is like for me to get to 100 episodes is actually like you know a, a massive nice. milestone yeah um and it's a nice round number as well which helps because it's I have also like i think you have to determine what the worth is so it's not just financially worth it like in terms of you going on the podcast you've also been able to make like a lot of connections like there's so many people that we've interviewed that we're still in touch with that will still come and support us on our social media channels such like pinterest or instagram and stuff like that that still tends to hype us up so as much as it's sort of valuable in terms of oh yeah getting your roi back and stuff like that it's um the connections that you make through it as well, I think are just as integral because, you know, you never know down the line that, that you can hire them as a speaker at your own events and stuff like that because they know you from the podcast and all that. Or they invite you to come onto their podcast and then that's a bit of publicity for you as well. So I think like that's like really good to like bear in mind as well. It's like not just monetary purposes, but also in terms of like building connections and networking. It's great. Like yeah. I just I don't know. I don't understand with you sometimes though how you just have the social battery to do it. Like as well as <laughs> coach and sort of just like talking to people like all day and then coming onto the podcast and just keeping that energy up. Like that's so like strenuous for me. Like I'm just like, yeah. Sometimes I sit there and I'm just like, how on earth does he do it? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. So for me it's it's measured uh energy energy is all about like management like you would with a you're driving a car for example you know you, you fill up the fuel and the fuel starts to, to get close to when the needle gets close to empty you fill it back up again so for me when i when i do try and i i batch stuff so that if when i get into flow with the podcast and i have a good first episode like recording that afternoon it flows into the next one so you can you can then maintain it, it once you've got that momentum to get up there you can kind of sustain it for a bit and then you know after two or three hours it does start to kind of deplete and especially over the summer i was just like my office gets super hot in the summer and even with the windows and stuff open but for podcast recordings you can't i gotta have everything shut up i can't be sat here in 30 degree heat doing episode after episode after episode so August we've just shut the podcast down we don't record any content then um and and also it's just about you know making sure that there's decent 
I chunk my time up. So I never put any more than say three hours into a specific task, whether it's a coaching task, a speaking engagement or whatever it is. It's like, no, that's my limit. And then I'll go and take a good sort of one or two hour break, which I'm in a very nice spot here. I can, in the summer, I can just go and sit out in the garden and recharge my energy. Um, I've got a sofa here, which I can't, I, I hate to say it. Sometimes I just get a pillow out and just have it lie down and have a quick 15 minute power nap it's it's glorious um you know but yeah it, it's it's not you what you probably see jess and what probably yeah. a lot of other people see is me like full gas all the time yeah. but i'm full gas for a short period of time and then it's like off i'm just switched yeah. off um and and i learned i learned that through coaching um because when I first started out in the coaching trade, you know, I would, I would try and batch my coaching sessions. So I do three, two hour coaching sessions in a day and then get, get home and be a complete vegetable. Cause you know, you're just totally gone. So I was like, right, I can only do a maximum of two, two coaching sessions in a day. Yeah. And it's the same with any level of speaking, coaching, training, whatever it is, you've got to know what your limits are and then play, play to your optimal sort of level of performance yes, and for me I know I'm like I, I literally I'll, I'll get into flow state very quickly bang 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 and then the moment the camera goes off it's like shut everything down <sighs> big deep breath yeah. and I'm done <laughs> and then right next thing <sighs> <laughs> to be fair though like I think I think everyone's like that with their workplace like you know you present you prevent um, sorry present yourself like a certain way and just sort of keep that battery up for the rest of the day and then as soon as you're done you're done you you know you go under your bed and uh, you sort of have a Netflix and do day and you're like oh I can't talk to anyone right now <laughs> but you've got to go home and be a dad so like <laughs> I've got years old but <laughs> and a dog walker and a DIYer <laughs> and everything else yeah there's a yeah. lot a lot of responsibility so um but that but that's what that, I think that also forces your hand though I suppose this is this is mindset wise this forces your hand to be efficient and fo like focus on the things which are the most important tasks so for me whilst I can edit and produce videos and upload content and SEO optimize YouTube videos and do all of that stuff yeah I know that for me it's just like that takes up a lot of time which I don't have at the moment so that's yeah so that helps you to focus on what you need to kind of outsource if you can afford to outsource of course um not not many people can you know and i and i guess for those people as well who are in that position whereby they know that they need to do all the stuff but they can't afford to outsource it one of the other things which you could do is just um like collect all of the assets so even if you can't produce it and upload it to the videos to YouTube, at least record the video because you're making, yeah. the, you're creating the content anyway. So record the videos and store them somewhere on a hard drive. And then when you can afford it, start to pick off bits of content and upload those into your other channels. Cause you, you can then, you know, piecemeal start to build up the content side of things. Um, but yeah, I, I suppose in short as well, have I made the money, but I think I kind of touched on this earlier one. Have I yeah. made the money back from the podcast? <laughs> Definitely like 10 times over with partnerships with, like you said, with guests that we've had on, uh, I coach and I, I coach and deliver content to other people's groups on their podcasts and things like that, which then also draws in inquiries and raises my profile. So it's not just about directly, it's all of the indirect sort of, um, connections and income. I think like, like there's that. also that sort of like experience of it as well. Like we've had some fun guests, <laughs> like it's been, it's been a ride to be fair. <laughs> like 
I don't know about you, but uh, yeah, there's, there's been a couple of guests, like, you know, you're there, you're editing the content. Maybe I'll get the sort of, maybe I'll take it the fun bit. I don't know, because you're there, you're interviewing them, you don't know what's coming out, like, when you put them on the spot. But uh, yeah, it's a lot more of a fun process when you can see you having fun, but also you see you maybe get a bit bewildered at the same time, like, what's going on? Like, um, well, that's yeah, I mean, speaking, speaking of guests, <laughs> Uh, you know, th- there was one one where the episode nearly didn't go out because you picked it up and you said, is it okay to actually publish? And you know who I'm talking about, I think. Is yeah. it, he said yeah. something that was really kind of um, slightly, I, I guess, for want of a better phrase, sexist, which other people pulled us yeah. up on. But then I was like, well, do we have, do we, how heavily do we need to kind of um, be uh, censoring sort of somebody else's words and content? And it wasn't said in a nasty way. No. But, and the thing is, do you know, it, that was a really interesting, um, really interesting episode because he actually gave so much value, so much gold. And it was that one thing which everybody picked up, a bit like yeah. any form of social media or content. It's, it's always that little moment that everybody ends up focusing on, which yeah. is a real shame. I think it was chosen as a highlight as well. Like that that thing that was said, like that was put out as a highlight onto social media. And like, you know, at the time we, when we make the marketing photos, we typically give guests like three sort of like audio waves, which they can go and put on their stories. Like if you look on our Instagram right now, you'll be able to see in like the Fearless Business 100 highlight what the audio waves look like. And it's basically like 30 second teasers of what the guests are going to talk about. And yeah, I think probably where we sort of went wrong there is that we chose one of the audio teasers without fully vetting it first. <laughs> well, let's blame James then for that because he's the <laughs> one who, who chose the teaser and, and handed it to us. But again, like it is, I guess overall it's my responsibility to check those sorts of things. And but also, I, I again, this is about my level of um, sort of my barometer of what's acceptable and what's not. I kind of listened to it and thought mm, it's a bit close to the mark, but. I don't. I've got no problem putting slightly controversial stuff out, no. um, but then very quickly it got picked up on social and and actually it started. And it, this was this was actually a real positive from that that um, that particular um, teaser that we put out. It started a really detailed conversation about the subject and yeah. deflected away from you know that that guest comment. And actually, we had a really really um, what's the word. A really great conversation about it it was it was yeah. something which needed to be aired and something which needed to be talked about and yeah uh, it was really constructive that was the word I was looking for <laughs> yeah and I mean this was probably near to when I first started as well so like it sort of laid the foundation for me anyway what I should look out for when promoting content and stuff as well like I think like every experience like sort of bleeds into what we can learn from it and how we can grow and um yeah that definitely helped us I think in terms of like going forward within the podcast and sort of like knowing what to look out for with guests and also how to handle it I think we nipped it in the bud quite well and also like well from what you can see here we have definitely like learned from it and you'll definitely have taken accountability and be like oh sorry (laughs) we didn't realize but it's the fact that we can laugh about it as well now and that we didn't mean anything by it yeah and it's I've the question I've put in in here as well is like who is my favorite guest and it's very hard because it's a bit like picking your favorite child but um there are some (laughs) some episodes which kind of stand out um yeah uh, for me you know that there's um we've had some very well-known authors on on the channel and and somebody like Marcus Sheridan who comes onto the podcast and he he's he's one of our hundredth episodes sort of relaunch um uh, episodes well worth checking out but like 
super high energy, super enthusiastic about his business. He's been in business for a long time, had tremendous success. I'd seen him, we hadn't met before um, in person, but I'd seen him speak at an event uh, a couple of years ago as well. And and somebody like him, I know is going to like really fire people up and really add value to people's lives. And yeah. he, he just brought the right level of energy to the podcast that makes it so fun when you have guests like that. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've had uh, also coming up in the hundredth episode, you know, we've, we've had um, two amazing, like YouTubers on the channel too. So in Ali Abdal and James Jenny, you know, between yeah. them, they've got close to 3 million subscribers. Um, and again, that what's different about um, those two is that they're not out and out business people. And it was really interesting getting non, non-businessy people into uh, onto the podcast to talk about raising profile for business owners, for example. Uh, and, and, and that said, actually, when I say they're not business, like Ali Abdal's business is like, you know, $3 million a year revenue. So he's doing, he's, it is a proper business. He's got like 15 employees now and, you know, it's growing all the time. Um, but it, 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 he didn't set out for it to necessarily be a business like that, a commercial thing. It just so happened. And, and so it's having that mixture of guests. But I tell you what, one of my standout moments um, had to be Dan Chan, the magic man. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's the hypnotizing, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So that, a, bit of, a bit of a backstory, obviously. So he, he does he, he does magic. OK, so and um, uh, things like that, hypnotism uh, and whatnot. And the interview was a little bit, it was a little bit stilted. It was a bit like, this is a bit, felt a bit awkward as we we're going through it. And um, he delivered so much value because actually he talked about how he uh, generated, you know, lockdown happened and he had to rebuild his business because it was all based on live shows. And he ended up yeah. doing over 250 shows throughout the tw- first 12 months of lockdown to a multitude of corporate clients. We got to hear about his approach to getting those amazing like blue chip clients. Yeah. Like he knew what he didn't he? Yeah. But there was one point, wasn't there, partway through, and this, it was the only time I think this has ever happened. There's episodes where I've kind of like zoned out a little bit, but on this particular episode, I was stumped. I got, and I don't know from your perspective when you were watching the video back. Yeah. It was a bit odd because it not only like, so I don't know, he did some sort of mind trick on you. He did something with a star as well and like an elastic band. I remember that. But like it not only had an effect on you, it had an effect on our blog writer at the time. And it also had an effect on our editor. And we were all just like, what's going on? Like, you know what I mean? Like we were just, it was a really, it's a really weird mentality to describe it. But it was just sort of like, not He got, he got me into a complete trance. And I don't know whether, <laughs> not, and I, I jokingly said, because there was about 10 seconds where I was kind of just dumbfounded looking yeah. at the camera. <laughs> And, and then I just, the only thing I could think of saying was, you've, you've just done it to me, haven't you? You just hypnotised me. And he kind yeah. of went, oh, like, I might have done. I don't, he didn't say yes or no, did he? But he kind of alluded yeah. to the fact That's that how he gets like, his clients. That's how he, that's how he gets yeah. his clients. <laughs> but, but, but do you know what? Actually, that made it an incredibly memorable experience. And you can yeah. see how, um, you know, he's, he's clearly, like, got this his craft absolutely nailed down. But it's not just yeah. the the craft of magic, the craft of business as well. He knows how to communicate with people at a, at a very high level. So that was really interesting. And then there's there's just other ones where, um, yeah. you know, uh, what, like, what would be your other sort of standout guests that we've had on? I'd say, like, I mean, you get these big time authors and stuff like that, but actually one of my favorite ones had to be um, Sandra Ade, who is the millennial coach. Like she brought so much value and like literally like, 
I don't typically tend to listen to business podcasts, shocker, <laughs> but I don't. And I would genuinely listen to that episode. Like she just sort of, she was so charismatic, but also just gave so much value for our, our episode. And she wasn't like, you know, I mean, she had a corporate background and stuff like that, but sometimes you don't need like these big time authors or YouTubers or anything like that. Like actually some of the best guests that you have that come on are sort of like, you know, other podcast hosts or other people in the same boat as us looking to, you know, grow their business and also get the word out there about their business. And actually they've probably gone through the most experience so far because they're still in that stage of things and probably can provide the most like insight. Sandra is a great guest as well because he was um, like, probably just one of the most experienced coaches we've had on the podcast um, yeah, absolutely. you know we, we just talked about like the coaching space and and how to get the most out of clients and how to operate at the highest level as a coach and various things there what's interesting yeah. is we very nearly didn't have her on the show yeah because during, during the what was going to be the interview she thought it was a a pre-interview and this is again massive learning for me was that um the guests need different types of prep. Some are just like, yep, let's go for it. Others need to have a, a bit of a chat before to get to know them. So this is the rapport building where you actually, like I, I prefer to choose now coach um, guests who I have got that rapport with. I already know them. I have that relationship with. Yeah. So Sandra and I had this, this kind of part where we're like, are we recording? We're we not recording. No, actually let's just have a conversation. Let's just get to know one another. And then as a second, you know, bite at the cherry, we then recorded the episode, which, ended up, I think, being one, you know, possibly one of the best, you know, top yeah. five episodes, I think, out of the entire podcast. And that's not knocking any of the other episodes. No. But she, she, and she held me to account. And that's what I really, and I massively yeah. respected her for doing that. Um, it was a big learning. And it also made me realize that one, we need to start due diligence. Two, I need to put a bit of extra effort into the relationships I'm building around the podcast. Yeah. Which naively I thought, well, I'm the host, everybody. It's like, you know, Johnny Big Bollocks here. It's my my podcast, you know, and yeah. they will kind of bow down to Robin. Not that I necessarily think like that, but it was like, I just went in very, a, a bit like, um, what's the word? That's uh, what I'm looking for. Jess, help me out. <laughs> it's not that awkward. <laughs> naive, not naive, but um, I can't think of the word. But anyway, um, yeah. And, and actually I realized that I was doing the, a bit of a disservice to the guests. Yeah. So it wasn't fair on them to not... I think not... She, she was so humble herself and she was just so down to earth and at the same time she provided so many value bombs. It sort, of, it sort of inspired me in a way. I don't know if it inspired you at all, but like just the way she sort of composed herself and stuff like that, I was like, yeah, you know what? This is a great guest. Like, and I like I liked listening to her. Like, <laughs> I genuinely enjoyed her episode, which is great. Yeah, and I think... And there was quite a big sort that. of turning point, wasn't there, at that point with the podcast, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And you can tell as well when you have a good guest on and through listening to it and stuff like that, like, you you have fun as well. And I think that's integral for the listeners listening to the podcast because I think sometimes you can listen to some of the episodes and you can be like, oh, I didn't have as strong a connection there. But it sort of inspired us to the sort of types of guests that we do want on the show. Um, and it's sort of like, I guess what we talked about earlier, you know, sort of through the whole vetting process and stuff like that, like what to look out for, I guess. But yeah, it was, it was a good one. And I really liked Casey Rossi as well. I'd say, um, like my, in my top five, I'd say is like Sandra Ade, Casey. Any Rossi. energy levels, like if, if yeah. right, this is probably a, a good tip. If you're ever going to guest on a podcast, you need to be like 110% exaggerated version of yourself when you get on there. <laughs> there is nothing worse than having a, 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 a guest on who is low energy, who isn't really fully prepared 
themselves. And as good as a host, I like to think that I am, and I can always come up with questions and I can chat when they can't chat. But um, it, as, a, as a guest, you need to bring the noise. And even if it's just, even if you let somebody know, listen, I'm only, I'm only up for doing 20 minutes of recording, but it will be the best 20 minutes of an episode that you'll get. Yeah. That, that's actually like better than trying to string it out for like 30, 40, 50 minutes and people just going, oh, I'm so bored, like listening to it. Um, so like one of the things we've actually done, uh, I used to do quite sort of um, elongated interviews and like we've actually shortened the episodes. We, I think that's positively impacted the number of downloads, the amount of time people listen to each episode and things like yeah. that. A lot more stickability to that. It means that it's much more punchy because it's like higher energy for a shorter period of time. Um, but yeah, anybody who's going to, and, and I would recommend like, even if you don't, even if you don't have your own podcast, go out and guest on other people's podcasts yeah. because podcasts, there's like half a million podcasts out in the world nowadays and uh, all in all sorts of different niches and things like that. But there are some great podcasts that you can get onto if, you know, if you position yourself correctly, that you can get great feedback from. Yeah. And alongside my podcast, I think I've guested on probably 60, 70, 80 podcasts now. And I get I get people who email me about a podcast I was a guest on five years ago mm. saying, hey, Robin, I listened to this episode. I would love to have a chat with you. So even if you're not going to do your own podcast, go and guest on other people's because it's it's great for your profile. I think it's great. It's a great ego boost for you as well, though. Like, it's a great sort of motivator. Like, oh, hey, like, you know, I think if you ever got any imposter syndrome, I don't know if you get it still. You're, you're, the, you're the fearless business coach. But um, I still get it. <laughs> yeah. Still, yeah, like, yeah. There's still those little little moments jangles of nerves whenever you definitely after you appeared on entrepreneurs on fire with uh johnny dumas like it's definitely you sort of saw a change in your energy like even that weekend you went home and you came back on the monday and you were still like living off that buzz and stuff like that and i think yeah i think it's sort of like not only does it help you get that exposure it sort of puts that faith back into yourself that hey yeah i'm a great guest but i'm also good at what i do so like people want me to talk (laughs) well and if, if you want a good framework for your podcast go and listen to entrepreneurs on fire um at at least one episode maybe my episode that's a good idea um but go go and check out like jld john lee dimas's um podcast because that guy's done three thousand interviews three thousand i mean i've just hit a hundred episodes and that's an effort imagine getting to three thousand episodes granted he started a lot earlier than i did but um the the guy is a pro when it comes to like the structure of the podcast and what how he answers the questions how he summarizes the questions afterwards how he introduces the guests how he um signs off the podcast episode and, and really sets up like a call to action at the end of it all of these things are like super super important to get right on the podcasting side of things that i've had to kind of learn over you know a hundred episodes kind of piecemeal kind of bring it all together now I know how to make the most out of it for, for you know ideally for my, myself and also for the guests as well so that they get the most out of it but um if you're thinking about starting a podcast I'd just recommend like do this bit of planning now get the structure set and straight first do your research like Jess said earlier on listen to other podcasts and see what sort of style of podcast you want to do yeah. and yeah check out my episode on, on Entrepreneurs on Fire because how, how John structured that interview it's like it, that, I, it felt like that was one of the best interviews I'd given yeah I think it was so much fun as well like um it was sort of like as formal as it was it was just as informal like he asked for your like sign off name and stuff like that like he added an element of like it was definitely worth it was a worthwhile investment going on there like it was just like 
yeah, it wasn't like a typical podcast, but it was a fun podcast for you to be on and also just to promote as well and listen to. Like, it's great. Yeah, definitely recommend it. <laughs> definitely. So, right, th- this is the opportunity now to talk about what is the future of the Fearless Business Podcast because we've hit this milestone of 100 episodes. And yeah. um, there's a couple of things, uh, like we've obviously, I've talked through kind of what I've learned through recording those episodes. We've let, talked about sort of guests that we've had on and structure of the, the, the podcast and stuff like that. Financially, what returns we've got from it. But, um, you know, w- Moving forward now, what we're actually going to be doing is we're going to be creating season two of the Fearless Business Podcast. Um, And the idea is actually we're going to be switching it up a little bit. So we've got more of a balance of Robin speaking, doing his own sort of cameo episodes and a mixture of guest interviews, much more with the guest interviews. It it will be people who I know now and already have that relationship with where I can really get the most out of the guests and also still have fun myself in that part of the process. But I think that the key thing for me is, is, is... like the focus on um having having confidence in in my own message which when you have to switch on the camera switch on the mic and talk about like it's it's second nature when somebody interviews me and I have to get into that mindset that people want to listen to my message I think part of it is just um you uh I can't remember what word you used earlier on but there is a bit of imposter syndrome which kicks in when you're about to hit record of why would anybody want to listen to Robin right and and so for me, I kind of have to now push that to one side and be the fearless business coach and deliver the content which I want to deliver, which means more more episodes featuring Robin. And I, I hope that people are like, oh, God, I wish he would stop droning on. We don't want to hear more of him. I hope it's the opposite to that. And people are like, God, oh, they're really excited to get more tidbits of business advice from me. Uh, we will still, of course, have the guest interviews, but there will be slightly fewer of them interspersed in amongst the, the sort of uh, the more fearless business-based content. Um and then, yeah, see, see, I, I kind of the, the doing another hundred episodes, I find slightly daunting. But <laughs> hey, let's see I mean, where the next ten episodes go. <laughs> one of your guests, Lorraine Bull, I think she's up to five hundred. I'm pretty sure on hers, and I'm just like, how does she do it? <laughs> like no, I, absolute motivation, I, but at the same time, I'm like, oh. <laughs> I have so much, like, cr- so much, give so much credit to people who've done like yeah. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes. Absolutely. And I hope as well, like if you've got seven episodes into your podcast and that you've kind of like it's it's hit a bit of a hiatus and stalled a bit, maybe this will give you the inspiration you need to push forward with it because um, it's it, being a guest on a pod on podcast or hosting your own podcast is fantastic for your profile. It's what I uh, what I class as Google fame. Like podcasts get so well promoted in uh, Google's organic search engine ranking. So just purely from a tactical perspective, it's really really worth it if you put time into the the, the search engine optimization of it. It's great content. It helps your listeners. The amount of times somebody will ask me for a piece of advice, I'll be like, go and listen to that episode of the podcast. Mm. Because I don't need to keep on repeating the same message over and over and over again. It's like, go and check out that video, check out that podcast, go and read that blog. You know, they can go and like learn a bit for themselves and then come back with all of that extra knowledge and information. I think as well, like, I just want to sort of bring in a question here because I'm not too sure whether like our guests or, um, sorry, not our guests, but our listeners right now that are tuning into the podcast that are thinking about setting up their own podcast. Like, what platform would you typically recommend? Because we did SoundCloud, we did Podbean, everything at the beginning. What platform do you recommend to use in order to ensure success and stuff like that within the Well, oh, that's the proper tactical, practical question, Jack. <laughs> it is. I mean, Podbean. I didn't even answer to it, but... Since we, since we, I shifted it across from Anchor, across into Podbean, I'm not knocking Anchor 
anchor, there was just a couple of features that was just a bit annoying. So it kept on resetting the descriptions, like formatting. And I was like, ah, my OCD kicks in. It's like, that looked but ugly. I'm not going to have that. Um, so we switched across to Podbean. And actually, again, th- there was a couple of things which Podbean did, which actually gave it a little boost when we launched it. Yeah. It talks better to some of the analytics. So we use chart- I use Chartable now to document sort of where it's appearing in the iTunes charts and things like that. Uh, it, wor- it, it plugs in better to some of the review apps. So like reviews are critical for podcasts yeah. as well. So um, we've I can't remember what the review, um, I'll have to dig out the name of the review app, which we use again, but just to track through reviews and, and things like that. Um, but, but yeah, uh, I suppose the critical thing is, um, like what I, am I going to do another, I probably will end up doing another hundred episodes because we've <laughs> kind of got the formula now. It kind of like it's relative, it's, it's more effortless than it was before. What should we do for the 200th episode? Like maybe we should don party hats like next time. Party <laughs> hat streamers. Um, uh, let's get some dancers in, some, some music and stuff. Have a bit of a proper party with it. Uh, let's blame lockdown for the fact we haven't actually had a proper party because we can get, you know, get yeah. in the room. But hey, um, we should wrap up now because it's yeah. been close to an hour, believe it or not. So I hope I hope everybody's enjoyed this um, episode of the podcast. For any new listeners that we've got, if you've stuck it out to the end, your prize that you will win is a free copy of Take Your Shot. Where's my, my weather girl best impression? There it is. Let's take your shot. Uh, you can you can get hold of a copy of that from fearless.biz forward slash TYS for Take Your Shot. Uh, if you're in the UK, I'll actually sign a copy and stick it in the post to you. If you're overseas, uh, then it will be a PDF. Um, or, or you can cross my hands with beer tokens and I will stick a copy in the post to you uh, if, if you're lucky. Um, but yeah, and then we've got a load of free resources as well over at the fearless.biz website. So if you're a coach, consultant or freelancer and want to grow your business, that's the best place to t- uh, tune into. And yeah, I guess we'll sign off now and see you for the next 100 episodes of the Fearless Business Podcast. Thank you, Jess, for all of your hard work that you've put into producing the podcast late. <laughs> no worries. Your organization and for uh, um, keeping me motivated and uh, on track with it all as well, because I do have a habit just to drift off and do all the fun <laughs> stuff. Uh, you kept me very focused. So I'm, I'm very grateful for all of the amazing work which you've done on the podcast. Yeah, it's been it's been an absolute blast, I think, hasn't it? It's, it's been great. <laughs> well, an absolute blast is questionable, but... It's <laughs> you have seen blast in my fun. accent. <laughs> 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 but yeah no it's, it's been a ride okay we'll say that yeah. <laughs> awesome thanks for tuning in folks we'll catch up with you don't forget we're going to be having you know the the latest 10 episodes we've got for the relaunch uh, if you if you enjoyed this go and leave us a review as well it really helps on itunes with the algorithms and stuff uh but i'm sure yeah tune in for the next 100 episodes appreciate your support and for listening in uh we'll catch up with you all soon